This is Resolutions, a podcast from the American Bar Association Dispute Resolution Section. I'm one of your co-hosts, Larry Schooler. I'm a director and senior facilitator with Kearns and West and teach at the University of Texas. Our section's annual conference is nearly upon us, and for the second time, the team has planned a blockbuster event that you can enjoy from anywhere. Jaya Sharma of the Conference Planning Committee joined me to discuss why you can't miss this year's conference and what to expect. Well, Jaya Sharma, welcome to Resolutions. We're so happy to have you. Well, thank you for having me. I look forward to sharing a few moments of my time with you today and your listeners. I want to just start by asking you emotionally what it's been like to be helping to assemble a conference here in this sort of second year of our experience with COVID-19. Um, what what do you feel like have been maybe some benefits to being forced online and, and maybe, you know, some shortcomings or, or difficulties? So it's been a challenge, to put it uh, mildly. It's been a challenge. Uh, we went to this virtual format last year for the first time. As you're aware, we were planning to have a conference, annual conference last year in New Orleans. And then when the pandemic hit, we had to pivot to a virtual format. So that took a little bit of uh, planning. And thanks to our staff, we were able to pivot to an online format. And surprisingly, uh, we had a lot of individuals you know, register for the conference. And uh, you asked me what are the challenges, I think that for some of the attendees, the fact that they really didn't have that face-to-face interaction with other uh, ADR professionals was somewhat of a drawback, but we tried very hard to replicate that experience online. But as you know, it's not the same, it's hard. And this year's conference, we were somewhat planned or aware of what we should do and some of the shortcomings, but nonetheless, we've had this year, a lot more sessions that we are um, planning to do for this conference. And it's been a challenge because some of these programs have had to be pre-recorded. And then there's some that will be done on Zoom live. So that's the downside. The upside is that a lot of attendees probably have registered and they might not have registered had this been uh, a face-to-face uh, conference. So that's that's a, a good um, one of the good aspects of doing this online. And I obviously, I obviously want to get to details of the of the schedule, but I'm just wondering, from your perspective, having been through this now, what kind of future do you see for? A virtual component to the conference. Do you do you see us just needing to you know pivot uh, fully back to a face to face? Do you think there's room for virtual participation even with a face to face event? What are your thoughts, Larry? Um, that's a good question. I think this is a question that uh, our committee, the conference planning committee, has been giving some thought to, and. Next year, we'll be having our conference in uh, Los Angeles. This year, it was supposed to have been in Los Angeles, but now we're planning to really do a in-person, unless there's some other 
reason not to, but it's planned for Los Angeles. And I think that maybe there may be some sessions, they might just do a hybrid still, where uh, they'll have some in-person and perhaps for those individuals who are not able to travel, they could maybe tune in virtually and see some of these sessions and be part of the conference. We don't know as yet, but this is a question that, uh, you know, I also uh, am involved with online dispute resolution. And this is a question that comes up, uh, you know, the pandemic dragged everyone onto this online format. And now they're saying, are we going to go back? Well, that's a good question. I think that people now have realized the benefits of having a conference virtually and particularly for some of our international speakers they kind of like the idea because they don't have to incur the travel costs and hotel costs so uh, i think that for there are some benefits to having a virtual conference the short version of my next question is why should people come to this year's conference, but the elongated version is what is something on this year's program that you think people just can't afford to miss? Well, that's a good question. Um, first of all, this is one of the largest gatherings of ADR profession professionals in uh, the whole you know, country, and I think we also have attendees coming from overseas. Uh, so this is, you know, the once a year gathering. And you'll see individuals who are very well versed and very well known in the particular ADR, you know, uh, areas of practice that come here to meet as, as well as to impart knowledge and to, you know, have a conversation with uh, other professionals. So that's one of the reasons why I think people should come. And the other reason is that we faced, last year we faced, and this year too, we're facing it, but we've had the Black Lives Movement, Lives Matter Movement, we've had uh, the pandemic, and it's caused a lot of disruption here within our country. But at the same time, also in, uh, in Asia and in, particularly in Hong Kong and uh, in Thailand too, there have been protests. These sort of protests, uh, I think were um, amplified because of social media. Uh, and so there's all this upheaval, societal upheaval. And I think that some of these sessions that we have address the, how to bring about cohesiveness after this, type of disruptive uh, events. So that's why I think that this is a good opportunity, particularly this year's theme is uh, ADR, which stands for Agility, Disruption, and Reinvention. So uh, we took the acronym ADR and, and tried to you know, address some of the themes that we were, society as a whole was confronting, not only in this country, but throughout the world. So I you, think we need to attend for that reason. You made reference to Black Lives Matter and of course, broader social justice uh, movements and, and activism. And I understand that one of the plenary or keynote speakers has a, a fascinating background in that 
kind of uh, general topical area. Can you share more about that? Absolutely. I, I think you're referring to one of our plenary speakers. Uh, we were lucky to have um, Timothy Zoll. Some of your listeners may already know who he is, but he is a reformed white supremacist. He was a former skinhead, and he now works in the Museum of Tolerance, Simon Wiesenthal Museum of Tolerance in California as a volunteer. And we are all looking forward to having him come and talk to everybody about his experience and how he decided to leave behind his former life and now you know, work with individuals to overcome the hatred as well as the divisiveness that we are living in now times that we are living in. So it, it should be very interesting. We are very fortunate to have him be one of our speakers. He agreed to come and address our conference attendees. And actually, I would also like to share with you the second plenary speaker that we have. And she has a very interesting background. Her name is Whitney Benz, B-E-N-N-S, Whitney Benz. And uh, she is uh, an African-American woman who has a very different approach to dispute resolution and challenges the traditional paradigms within which we do our dispute resolution. And she is, uh, calls herself an emotional uh, and a, a, an emotional negotiator, labor negotiator. So it would be very interesting to, for your listeners to hear her be, speak at the conference. And she talks, she's going to talk, I think, but I read an article that she wrote or where she was being interviewed actually about something called fugitive negotiations. So I won't elaborate on that because I might give the game away. I want her to address that. And this might be an opportunity for some of your speakers, I mean, listeners to, you know, find out more about what fugitive negotiations mean uh, under her definition of uh, doing dispute resolution. Can you think of another session that's planned that you sort of looked at it and thought, there is only one time in history that we could have had a session like this, just given the extraordinary times that we're in. Anything that's either, you know, tied to the pandemic, tied to social movements, uh, or anything else. So we do. That's a good question. There, we do have some sessions that address, uh, you know, policing. Since you mentioned earlier to me that you were interested in. Uh, working with different uh, police departments around the country. That's what you've been doing, right? Working with them. So there are some truth in reconciliation commissions. Uh, so we have two or three sessions that address that and maybe how to work with the, you know, the police basically and how to bring about cohesion and, uh, you know, when community relations are fractured. How should you address that? So this is, I think, a timely topic because of some of the events that occurred last year and also uh, what the pandemic has done to us. 
I'm curious a little about the decision to pair live sessions with pre-recorded sessions. And I think one of the reasons it's, it's interesting to me is, as you well know, there has been this explosion of content that people can you know, view from their, their homes, from their computers, uh, often free of charge uh, and often available for viewing you know, after it, it takes place live. Um, and so I'm just curious, given that this is a, you know, a paid registration conference, um, what prompted the committee to, to want to have that, that mixture of, of session types and delivery formats? So actually, this was a decision that we all had to make based upon necessity. Okay. It is very difficult. We don't have the resources to have so many live sessions because somebody has to monitor it. So even though this is pre-recorded, it is still live in the sense that the recording will be aired at that specific time slot. So I have a session uh, that has been pre-recorded and it's going to be aired on the 15th at one o'clock, I think in the afternoon. And uh, we as the presenters can be there and people can go into the chat box and ask questions and we can respond to those questions. So even though we say it's pre-recorded in a way it's the only difference is that it's not live right there and then as the zoom uh session would be because the participants or the speakers are uh, interacting with each other in that moment so just for your listeners benefit all these sessions if you register for the conference all these sessions will be available for viewing um, for over a year. So you have a year within which to go in and access whichever session you wanted to attend or see and you couldn't, you can just go back there. So that's, that was the reason, uh, you know, typically we have about 60 or 70 sessions during this four day conference, but because of the pandemic, it's not been possible to do it all, you know, at the same time, like we couldn't do it um, concurrently to have so many sessions because we don't have the resources to manpower or woman power, whatever you, you know. Those We've We've talked about a couple of sessions that I know you think will be of, of interest. Um, I, I guess I'm curious either of another session or in general, what you're most looking forward to about the conference this year. So I, I guess that's a good question. For me, it's, you know, so far we've got about a little over 500 registrants. That's a big uh, number, a large number that we, you know, when it's a, a in-person conference, we have maybe a few more than 500, but for an online uh, conference to have 500 registrants, that was as of last week. So maybe we've had more registrants because the conference registration closes on April 13th. So up to that point, people can register and we're still getting the message out on social media. So what am I looking forward to most? I think that uh, 
this would be a good opportunity to for us as a planning committee to figure out you know what are the pros and cons what have we learned but also at the same time to provide cutting edge sessions and um, content to our members and non-members who are you know registered who have registered for the conference because this is one of the benefits of having uh, being a member of the ABA and of a section. So I'm looking forward to make sure that we impart this cutting edge, these cutting edge sessions to our members and other attendees, because as, as I mentioned, a lot of the speakers are very well known in, in the field and uh, they're going to be talking about practical as well as providing practical skills as well as um you know what should i say discussing certain concepts conceptual as well as the practical aspects of adr any advice for first-time attendees to the conference so that's a good question first-time attendees it can get overwhelming because there's so many um so many sessions and the conference is spread over four days. So uh, my advice, because that's what I did, my advice is to, if you register to go and peruse the conference agenda, look through the sessions to see what exactly is of interest, which sessions would you like to attend and keep close tabs on those sessions. And also we will have certain uh, opportunities for attendees to network with others. So that's an opportunity for first time attendees to sort of try and get to know some other members of the, uh, I mean, it's a lot easier to do that in person, but this is another opportunity for them to still reach out and also to look through the list of attendees, because when you register, you get to know who the other attendees are and you can always message them. If you're interested in meeting somebody, you can message them and say, hey, I'd like to you know, connect with you. Can we set up a meeting? So they should definitely do that. And then if they run up against any technical type of issues, we have a concierge room they can you know go in there and seek assistance and they should not feel uh, shy about talking to anybody they see and um, there are some social events that have been uh, organized so they should look at those social events on the agenda and try and attend those I, for one, am very excited both to present and to attend, and I want to thank you and the committee for all your hard work, and thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for giving me this opportunity to talk a little bit about our conference, and I hope to see some of your listeners who have not registered. I hope to see them at the conference. That was Jaya Sharma of the Conference Planning Committee. For more on the conference, please visit ambar.org slash spring 2021. For resolutions, I'm Larry Schooler.